Has the voice of the enemy caused you to believe you're not good enough? Are the lies of the serpent attempting to steal your joy? Do you want to be emotionally, spiritually, and mentally healthy? And are you ready to believe what God says about you? Then welcome to Elevate, a podcast that will inform and inspire you with the resources to experience hope and healing. My wife, Shannon, is a licensed professional counselor helping individuals heal as they discover God's truth. My name is Myron, and I'm a pastor with over 35 years of ministry experience. Our podcast will provide you with the necessary tools to overcome and be victorious in Christ Jesus. Thank you for subscribing and listening to Elevate. Well, thank you for tuning in today. We're excited to share with you part four of Believing New Things and give you the tools and resources necessary that can help you. do want to make mention that there's going to be an, a PDF uploaded onto our website, elevateourlife.info. And uh, Shannon's going to give you uh, a brief explanation of that towards the end of, of the segment today. And our encouragement is to give you some homework to do and, and walk through this and uh, believe and become what God wants you to be and what you know that you can become through God. So you may not be able to see it all clearly today. You may not be able to see the end result, but hopefully in this podcast and uh, in our in this entire season, you'll be able to take these tools and to discover that. So, Shannon, knock it out of the park for us today. Well, that's <laughs> that's a big task. Well, I, I guess I kind of want to recap just a little bit of where we ended um, in our last segment. And like you just said, Martin, so eloquently, um, we are trying to help our listeners and ourselves to understand that what we believe many times has been with us for a long time and that to do this, it's, it's going to take some hard work. It's going to take some, you know, digging out the backhoe and digging out. And so I think one of the things that I mentioned on our last podcast was on kind of pretending like you're in a you're in a drama or whatever. And I just kind of want to start there again, just to kind of make sure that we are clear with what we're saying there, because what we're trying, what my hope is that we can as we practice new thoughts, anything that we do. We have to practice whether you learn the piano, whether you, you know, build something or, you know, no matter what it is in your profession or whatever, if you, whether you were learning how to run a cash register for the first time, it never feels quite right the first few times that you do it. It always feels a little weird and like, oh, goodness, I don't know if I'm going to be able to remember all of that or whatever. Um, and so how do we do it? We, we learn those things through repetition, through doing them over and over again, doing them wrong and right, then wrong and right, right, wrong. And we just keep <laughs> practicing until we get it right. right. And so practicing new thoughts, that's why I kind of like it under practicing for a part in a play. It's, it's going to feel kind of awkward because you're going to, what you're doing is you're stepping into a new role, into a new way of thinking and feeling and therefore acting. And so often, you know, to put yourself in that place and, the, you know, the best actors become the part, if you will, for mm -hmm. a short time. It's simply just a new way of being is kind of how I like to say it. So if you want to embrace this new way of being by living as if you already believe the new thought. So it's really hard 
the name of this podcast is believing new things. And so many people struggle with that aspect and they, and they often think it it can't be done, but that's why we're here Mm -hmm. to kind of challenge that a little bit. And just to remind us all that we can learn new things. It's it, we're going to have to just learn a new way of thinking. So And if we're going to do that, we've got to embrace this new way of being by living as if we already believe the new thought. So I believe in the last podcast, one of the examples I gave was when, you know, my, our listeners know well that my core fear is humiliation. And from that, I've always not felt like I was real intelligent. Um, And so going into grad school was a pretty big deal for me. And so as I started that endeavor, going through that experience, I had to practice believing something different than I'm stupid <laughs> or I am incapable or I'm, in, you know, I'm, I'm not very smart. Mm-hmm. Those thoughts did not serve me well. And so one of my thoughts was that I am smart and capable with the help of God and my family, I can finish this degree program. And I, I, I probably thought that thought a couple thousand times over the course of the years that I was in school. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, I didn't see it the, as a possibility. And, but, I, but as I started thinking differently, and I, I started then practicing it, believing it, and I had to believe at some level that it, was, that it could be true. So I had to step into the role of being that person that I wanted to be. What did I want to be? A counselor. I wanted to be a therapist. But in order to do that, I knew I had to accomplish this degree program. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to start with, with thoughts that would give me the result in the end that I wanted to, to achieve. Right. And then as I started thinking these things, I started feeling more motivated, more determined, more capable, more confident, if you will. And that is where I, it started with the thought, then it went to the feelings, then it went to the action steps of applying for grad school, of doing all the things that needed to be done. And so that's how it all came to be, I think, in the beginning, and one of the big things in my life. So then what we do is we, we've got to start rehearsing these new thoughts, feelings, and actions. Because just because we think them one time or two times, it, that doesn't necessarily mean that, okay, we have arrived. So the way we do this is to access our wonderful prefrontal cortex that the Lord gave us in our brain. And we've got to understand that we have the ability through this organ of our brain to Mm -hmm. manage our thoughts. And so remember, we are the only species, if you will, who can think about what we think about. We can direct our minds. Dogs can't sit back and think about what they're Mm -hmm. thinking about. They don't have that capacity. Only humans do. And so we've got to imagine and visualize ourselves believing what we have to believe in order to get the results that we want to get. We've got, that's where it has to start in the imagination. It's got to start in the visualization of ourselves in that place already. Mm-hmm. We've got to think about what we want to be. And in that place, what will we be thinking and what will we be feeling? And if it's difficult, you can even imagine yourself as a character that you are studying to perform. Again, like I said, in the upcoming play, pretend you're, you're that person that I see myself as a grad student right now yes. in school studying and being successful. That's kind of how I, the, 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 the character, I wasn't that yet, but that's who I wanted to become. And as that person, how did that person, how did that version of me think? How would that person of me feel? And how would that person act? Who, who am I? What matters to me? And in that moment, it was the fact that I wanted to be a graduate student so that I could be a counselor and do what the Lord wants me to do in that regard. Exactly. 
Um, so again, you have to visualize it and you have to see that happening. What's going to happen is we're going to then the reason that we believe the things that we believe is because because we believe them. We have found evidence our whole life to support that. And so that's the biases that we have. The scheme is the like we talk about like in that the core, the negative core fears and beliefs create these dendrites in our brain. And it's filled with evidence because that's the perception that we take of the things around us. So we've got to remember that our thoughts are what directs our brain. It tells our brain what to look for and what to focus on. It seeks evidence to support the belief and secure it in the brain. That's what it does. Um, This is the difference between the truth and what we can believe. So for example, if I tell you that the world is beautiful and you believe me, you're going to then go out and scan the world for examples of where its beauty lies. Your brain can't take the whole world. So it scans only for the structures of belief that you have. So if I said, Myron, you know, the sunset is beautiful. You're going to walk outside and look for the beauty in the sunset. You're not going to look for the, you know, the, the trees, leaves that have fallen on the ground or like, oh, you know how ugly those are. You're going to go out and seek evidence and truth to see what I just, the truth that I gave you to go Mm -hmm. look for. This will then open the door to the world and we start scanning for evidence. So I am capable. I then started looking in my world for areas where I have been capable in accomplishing my goals that I wanted. Or if I believe that I'm incapable, my brain will always scan for evidence that that part is true. And it will always find it. Because remember, as we think, the thoughts that we think, we will always prove in that results line. Mm -hmm. And so... Remember, our brains do not need facts. It just needs an interpretation of the facts to prove itself to be true, and we will always find it. It can take, you know, this is kind of an example that I like to use. Sometimes it can take tripping on a rug, this happened to me, um, to prove that I'm capable of, (laughs) well, in this case, it would be of running a business. So, Mm -hmm. But the good news is that the opposite is also true. When you choose to believe that you are capable, you can see the tripping on the rug not as falling down as proof that you are capable of anything. The same exact fact can be interpreted in your favor. This is why it's so important that we choose what we do to believe on purpose, and then we can start scanning mm-hmm. for the evidence. Um, I don't know. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does, because the Bible even says, without vision, the people perish. Right. And that vision actually means prophetic revelation. And so we've got to have that. We've got to be able to see that. We've got to be able to map that in our mind. Abraham, in Romans 4 when God had, and this is Paul speaking of the event, mm-hmm. the event is in Genesis 22, but when God tells him to sacrifice his son, his only son Isaac, this is a son of promise. This has come to him in an old age. He's over 100 years old by now. And Paul refers back to that and says that Abraham believed against hope that that you know if, if he was, if Isaac died, he would be raised from the dead. In other words... There was this uh, faith that he had. He could see um, the future of that event Mm -hmm. and was able to then process through it. And, of course, that's a a spiritual, biblical element. But, you know, from another standpoint that I think really resonates with what you're saying today is let's bring the Apostle Paul into your office today, and he's your client. And he tells you that, uh, and this is found in 1 Corinthians 15, by the way, and he's talking about Jesus and how he appeared 
all this. And he says, last of all, verse 8, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. Then he says in verse 9, for I am the least of the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But watch what he says in verse 10, Shannon. Mm -hmm. He says, but whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I but God who was working through me by his grace. King James there says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. In other words, Paul realized I persecuted the church. I had it wrong. I misunderstood mm -hmm. the law. But when Jesus appeared, you know, I could see what he wanted me to become. And even though I'm the least of the apostles, and that might be something you would challenge him mm -hmm. on his thinking, mm -hmm. he had the vision to say, but I can see mm -hmm. that through, through obedience to God, hard work, study, application, all of these things, I can become what God wants me to be. Right. But what often comes up is what I call brain resistance. Yes. And, yes. and you know why? And it's, it's because the brain does not like change. We've got to remember <laughs> no. that our brains seek to avoid pain. They It seeks to find pleasure and to exert only limited energy. Our brain can only serve so much to us in a day. And I, I go through this a lot in therapy where I'll draw out like a pie and I will separate out like however, like our brains can give us this, this pie of, of wattage, if you will. And mm -hmm. we get to choose how, you know, and I'll say to clients, okay, so how many pieces of that pie do you want to give to depression? How many of that do you right. want to give to your anxiety or trying to, to people please? Or like, because every bit of that energy that you're extending out from the brain, you're taking it away from what you could be creating in your life. Because again, the brain only has so much capacity to give to us and we've got to choose wisely what we do with that. So when we change a belief, it literally goes against comfort. And this is where most people stop in, in their action is that because it is uncomfortable to push past things that we want to believe but don't yet believe. And as we start thinking differently, our brains will resist with dissonance and cause all kinds of feelings of dread and anxiety. And this means you're, that we're doing it right. Right. If we're in comfort, I always say, what is it, that, that comfort zones are where dreams go to die. Mm -hmm. you, it's like staying in that cocoon. You can, you're safe in that cocoon, but, you, but you, you're not becoming what God wants you to be or who probably even you want to be. It will feel like a lot of effort to take action towards a new thought. It's going to be exhausting. But your brain wants to stick with old thoughts, with old evidence, because that's how it has survived for so long. And but what we've got to do is outgrow that and outwit that a little bit. Um, and this requires us, and this is the hard part, to move towards discomfort on purpose in order to evolve into the next best version of ourselves. What happens is, is the what I call the identity shattering process. This is a process of letting go of our old identity in order to embrace a new identity. It truly is a new way of identifying ourselves. I didn't identify myself as a, as a college graduate. I didn't, you know, that was not anything I had any evidence to support. It was just something that I had to learn and choose to believe that I could ob obtain that without yet having ev any evidence that that was true. Right. And so once we learn how to do this, we can then embrace the discomfort, recognizing that through the discomfort, that's that's how I know I'm doing it right. Because if I'm mm -hmm. uncomfortable, it means I'm growing. 
because my brain doesn't like change. And so that's the 101 on how we know if we're doing it right. And this is how we create all of our truest desires and all, all of the things. And so what I want us to end this season with um, is, is in believing new things is I want us to look at some new things that we want to believe and, but yet we don't believe them yet. So the first thing that we have to do is become aware Mm -hmm. of what we already believe. So before we can start to believe new things and think new things and practice new things, it's important to understand what your brain has already been thinking. So our brains, like I said, like to be efficient and they don't like to think new things Mm -hmm. because it requires a whole lot of energy. Brains like to think things that they already thought before because it it's those pathways. They're they're like super highways. It's easy. It just like information, reactions, all of those things just flow like a like a like a highway that's been traveled on for years and years. But to try to get new thoughts, it's like walking through a forest to get to somewhere. Mm -hmm. Your brain doesn't like, doesn't judge between thoughts that are positive and wonderful and lovely. Your brain wants what is familiar. Right. And so it doesn't filter it out. It just says, well, we've thought that a lot. So let's just keep thinking it. And the thought may be, you know, you're not good enough. The thought may be you can't change and grow. You can't lose weight. You'll never be successful at achieving your dreams. It might sound like you, you know, you're never going to amount to anything. Any thought that maybe you were introduced to as a child, because we were introduced to that as a child, we've been thinking that for years and years. And the problem is, Myron, we often don't even know that we are thinking these thoughts. It's going, we've talked about the subconscious mind and those automatic negative thoughts and ants, like I like to call them. Yes. You might just think that something that you think is an observation, you may think it's just your unlucky, unlucky reality, which is it, that's because you've never challenged those thoughts. You've never brought them captive into the obedience of Christ. You've never thought, hmm, I wonder what it is that I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that we want to do is really become aware of those thoughts that you're thinking. And then if you want to practice on purpose, thinking new thoughts that will serve you better. So I get asked in sessions all the time, like, you know, what thoughts do you think each day, Shannon? And one of, and I've done some evaluation on that. And one of those thoughts is that I am 100% lovable. Mm. So here is what I want our listeners to know. I'm going to just go with that one um, because I think lots of thoughts in the course of a day. But I I know that a lot of uh, my clients and I know a lot of our listeners struggle with the thought and with the belief that they're unlovable. And so when love is involved, there is a feeling of love. And then there is the object of love. Those are two different things. Our lovability depends on the person doing the loving. And that goes both ways. So how much I love you, Myron, does not depend on you. It depends on my capacity Mm. to love you. My capacity to love you will determine how lovable you are for me. Hmm. And so now what is beautiful about this is that there is nothing that you can do or not do that will make you more lovable. The only thing that makes you more lovable is by me increasing my capacity to love you. Does that make sense? Yes. So that being said, if you are incredibly lovable, that doesn't mean that you will feel the love that I am feeling for you. So if you're sitting over in that chair and you you don't feel lovable, I can have a whole bunch of love for you. But if you don't feel lovable, you're never, your heart is not going to accept that. So it, mm. it, because it, 
being lovable is based on another person's capacity to love, not on the lovability of the person. Mm -hmm. So here's how it works. Your lovability depends on my capacity to love you. If my capacity to love you is huge, then I get to... I get to feel super loving feelings of love all the time, but you don't get to feel any of my love because my feelings are created by my brain and vibrate in my body, not in yours. Mm -hmm. You only get to feel your love. You can only feel the expression of your own mind, believing in love and then feeling that. So the thought I am 100% lovable at all times is really an invitation for you to increase your capacity to love yourself. Mm -hmm. If your lovability is infinite, then your capacity to love yourself can be infinite as well. And when you learn how to love yourself at the highest level, then and only then are you able to transfer that experience to everyone around you. And this isn't just true for lovable. This is true for worthiness. This is true for being good enough. What often is the problem is not the other person it's if I feel like nothing I do is good enough that is on me and what I choose like I don't think that that I'm good enough if if I can start believing within myself that I am good enough Mm -hmm. regardless of how anybody around me feels then that's going to change everything because my being my being good enough or my being lovable is really it rests within me because because most of us have the hardest time loving ourselves. I know that scripture that says that um, that we're to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, and I think that is opposite to what a lot of people think. We think, oh, someone has a big head, or they have their you know, they have an inflated vision of themselves. And I think in the world today, a lot of people actually don't love themselves, right. and that is how th- that is why they are loving their neighbor like they love themselves, yeah. and it's not very much. Because we find other people easier to love. And some of us love our kids, our spouses, our pets more than we love ourselves. And this is the real reason that we feel unlovable, Mm. Um, not because we are unlovable. So the work that we have to do is to increase our own capacity to love or to feel worthy or to feel like we're good enough is made much easier when we start to recognize, first and foremost, we are 100% lovable and there is nothing that I or you can do or say that will make us more worthy of love. We are lovable, period. Mm -hmm. God created us in his image and he created us to be lovable. You are already completely 100% lovable, no matter anything you have ever done or anything you've ever said. None of that has diminished any part of your lovability, no matter what anyone has said to you, about you, or done to you. It does not affect your lovability, your value, (laughs) your worthiness, It has always been this way from the minute you were born, 100%, and it will always be that way. So I kind of, we had talked, I believe, in the last episode on, like, when we do the, we walk through the ladder. Mm. It's really hard for a lot of people to go from I am unlovable to I am lovable, or I am not enough to I am enough. And so we, I kind of want to follow up on that a little bit. And I, I created one, it's eight steps long. And so what might be a possibility for our listeners is that maybe you can't today just start believing I'm lovable if you're unlovable, if you feel unlovable. But but let's kind of walk through this process together and see if maybe, you know, you can take 
some time and, and do it incrementally. Number one, I am unlovable. Maybe that's what you have been told. Maybe you had parents that told you, you are not a lovable person or you're only a person your mother can love or something <laughs> like that. Some, right. Something that's not very helpful. Two, I am releasing old limiting beliefs about myself. Mm. Two, I don't need to do more to be lovable. To number four, being lovable isn't based on anything that I do or don't do. Mm-hmm. Number five, being lovable to someone else is not a feeling I can create for them. Mm-hmm. Number six, I can love myself. I can love others. Two, I am lovable. Wow. Um, I kind of went through that again with I am not enough. It's the, the, kind of the same thing. Yes. I am not enough. I am releasing old beliefs about myself. I don't need to do more to be enough. Being enough isn't based on anything that I do or don't do. Being enough to someone else is not something I can create for them. I can be enough just the way I am. I am enough. And so today we are officially closing season two. And so I have an assignment for our listeners, as you had said earlier. Mm So let's end this season believing in the impossible. I truly at one time in my life believed it was a complete impossibility that I could ever graduate with a master's degree. That was a complete impossibility, and somehow it has become true. Mm-hmm. And I know this, the way this somehow happened. It started with a thought. It started with envisioning myself in that role to that all of that tsunami, if you will, has resulted in here I am. So I'm asking our listeners to do a positive thought download each day. And I know that you've uploaded um, the tools in order to do this. Mm-hmm. And so for e- for the next 30 days, I want you to maybe create your own ladder, if you will, on like, what is it that you be- currently believe? What is it that you want to believe? And, and do increments in between there to get there. Most of us don't commit because we don't yet believe. So many ask, how can I believe something I haven't yet created, practiced, or done? And I think we've covered that pretty well. But again, I'm so glad you asked. And so I've got like a (laughs) four-step process here. Number one, the first thing you got to do is decide what you want to believe by visualizing it. You've got to see yourself in that role. And I've used the example of, you know, pretending you're in a play or just just looking at your future self and just seeing her do that or him do that. Mm -hmm. You know, see him or her walking down the aisle and graduating. See them, you know, having lost 50 pounds or having seen them be able to get up and to, to speak publicly in a confident place, whatever it might be, I want you to see it and I want you to visualize it. Maybe it's, it's becoming a, you know, an, an owner of a business that you see yourself as the CEO of something that you you've always wanted to do, but you've never really had enough confidence to do it. Then number two is create the sentence. What would that look like for you? Mm-hmm. Number three, accept it as true. And if you can't quite get there yet, accept number one. Okay, what would what would the next thing and that I would need to believe? The next thing, the next thing, and however many steps that might take. But to get yourself to a place where you can accept that what you've decided to believe is true, mm-hmm. and then number four, practice and repeat. Mm-hmm. And if you do do these every single day and do them daily for thirty days. 
And I promise you when you're done, you are going to, you're going to look back and say, oh my goodness, I do believe differently. And it might seem redundant or tedious, but that's exactly what you need to do. This is how we create new pathways is through redundancy. Mm -hmm. It's through repetition. It's rinsing and repeating, rinsing and repeating, doing it over and over again. And this is how we are going to be able to train our brains to think in a brand new way. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen overnight, Myron. It's not, it's going to, it might take you six months. It might take you 30 days. I don't know. But use the tools that, that, that have been put on our website and, and every single day, do some thought downloads, download what it is you're thinking and then, and then create that model. Like, okay, when I think like that, what do I feel? When I feel that, what is that fueling for action steps? Oh, I see. That's why I'm getting the result that I'm getting. And start working on some of those thoughts that you're thinking to work it into to where the thought is now creating the emotion of confidence or determined mm-hmm. and to, okay, now I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing the action steps that I need to do. And now that result is starting to come to fruition for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you so much. And to all of our listeners, thank you uh, for listening. And uh, again, you can find that uh, download. It's on elevateourlife.info. Um, we've also posted it on our Instagram and, and Facebook pages. You can download it there. And uh, hopefully you can uh, see that. You can also email us at elevatewiththepowels at gmail.com. And uh, we can send that to you if you can't find it on the website. So, uh, again, do this. And we encourage you to um, do the work and see what God will do accomplish in your life. Well, we're certainly grateful for all the time that we have with you. So please get out there and and, uh, download our podcasts and, and share them with friends and family. And we'll look forward to seeing you in season three. God bless you in Jesus name.